Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. Third and four, blitz coming. Prescott throws backwards and intercepted. Jenkins has another one. Racing down the sidelines. Rayshon Jenkins is going to win it. <laughs> that right there, my friends, is the sweet sound of yet another routine Dallas Cowboys crumble in December. They were so concerned about Jalen Hurts and the system and the Eagles on Christmas Eve that they can't even beat Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another Victory Monday edition of the Philly Pod brought to you by the Liberty Line. Com. I am your host, as always, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social platforms at the Philly Pod, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, wherever it is that you guys uh, get your content. Be sure to give me a follow over there. We're going to laugh at Dallas. We're going to celebrate the Eagles being 13-1, and one, one win away from clinching both an NFC East title as well as a first-round by joining me as always my right hand man you can follow him on all social platforms at steven conrad jr uh very noted justin fields fan so i'm sure he was happy to see i mean not not at the cost of a victory but happy to see justin fields do some things on 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 sunday steven how's it feel man 13 and one top of the division top of the conference top of the nfl and just one win now separates us from the first round by and home field advantage in the playoffs having to go through Philadelphia. How's it feel, man, of this Victory Mondays becoming a uh, a routine feeling to this point? <laughs> Just get it done. Find a way, right? Great teams do that. The Eagles have continued to do that all year. Um, this weekend, more than ever, more than ever is why the NFL is the best, in my opinion, I think, I think you would agree with me, right? It's the best sports league in the world, the NFL. Well, Everybody says that towards the end of the year because NBA playoffs, everybody's like, it's the best time. And then we had the World Cup final, of course, right right before all the games yesterday. Probably the most electric World Cup final, that final that I've ever seen. That was fairly good. But yeah, yesterday's NFL games, a lot of uh, dramatic finishes, a lot of walk-off scores, uh, very interesting things. And in case y'all didn't hear, let's replay it just one more time. Third and four, blitz coming. 
Prescott throws backwards. So and intercepted. Jenkins has another one. Racing down the sidelines. Rayshon Jenkins oh, is going to win it. Oh, man. It's so rich. It's so good. It's so good. Right on schedule, too. The December collapse of the Dallas Cowboys in pick six fashion. I tried warning everybody about pick that six game, fashion, too. Man. Come on, man. Come on. What's going on with y'all, Dallas, man? You couldn't even make it to Christmas Eve before you embarrassed yourselves. You had to do it before. You had to do it the week before. You can never and now, skip over an opponent, man. I know. And, and you heard what, what Jordan Maialata said. Micah Shorey about his game this week, too. What did he have? A whopping one tackle this week? Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic from from Micah Parsons. It's tough, man. It's tough. I feel for y'all. I feel for y'all Dallas fans. The Eagles held up their end of the bargain. They won their game. They tried to make next week interesting. And now it's 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 still gonna be interesting. It's still gonna be Dallas week. But now, I mean, it's not nearly as as pivotal as it was going to be if Dallas had won their matchup. Because now all the Eagles have to do is win one of their remaining three games and they uh and they punch their tickets to that first round by and home field advantage dallas and the 49ers and all those guys have a lot more to do <laughs> if they hope to get that by and they have to bank on the eagles losing which the eagles have only done once i've only done once this year and before we even get get into that speaking of that one loss how how good did it feel to watch to watch taylor heineken yesterday crumble and defeat i know there was a lot of questionable calls i don't know if you saw the end of the game and the missed pass interference but i enjoyed seeing taylor heineke wallow and cry and 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 wallow in despair of of that missed call so that was very 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 fulfilling for me to watch too because i never liked taylor heineke i don't like the look on his face i don't like anything about him so <laughs> i was glad to see him to see him lose yesterday but yes the eagles back to back to <laughs> talking about the, the the most important team right now in the nfl steven on a day where jalen hurts made it known that he could barely feel his hands couldn't see for much of the first part of that game the mvp candidate overcame multiple turnovers uncharacteristic turnovers early in that game to lead his team to their 13th victory of the year by a score of 25 to 20 en route to becoming 13 and one, not all wins are pretty, as we know. It's hard to win in the NFL, as you saw the Chiefs went down to the wire with, with the Texans, the one twelve and one Texans, uh, uh, yesterday, and that certainly was the case. As the Bears remain competitive behind Justin Fields, very valiant effort from Justin Fields, as we we expected him to bring it. Doesn't have a lot of guys to throw to, not a lot going on for for that team right now, but but a spirited team nonetheless. And I liked what I saw uh, from Justin Fields. Like I said, the scoreboard read twenty five to twenty in the end. And now the Eagles are within one win of the NFC East title. So, Stephen, just quick uh, takeaways, general feeling about how that game went uh, yesterday. Obviously, Jalen Hurts comes into the game with just three total interceptions, throws two early on. That doesn't look like him. Obviously, have to get adjusted to the weather and the and the and those frigid conditions because there's nothing like Chicago cold, Philadelphia cold, and Chicago cold are uh, are, are are two different things. But how did you feel coming out of coming out of that victory yesterday? Well, I am going to pat myself on the back a little bit because I'm not sure if you <laughs> remember, laptop. but on last podcast, I said I didn't feel great heading into this game when everybody was predicting a blowout. I th- I forget what score I predicted on the podcast. I think I said like 31-17, something like that. 31-16, yeah, you said it was closer. I- yeah, mine, I, I predicted a blowout. That obviously did not happen. So, <laughs> But, um, I mean, look, we have struggled... The, the the one thing you can you can take away from this team is in order to have success, or I should say that the to put yourself in position to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously one team has done it. Um, you need to control the clock, which the Bears did, and you need to win the turnover battle, which the Bears did for the entire 
Uh, well, I guess they won the turnover. Ba- yeah, they won the turnover battle, right? Wasn't it a plus three in their favor? I don't remember them turning. They turned it over once, so maybe it was plus two in the Bears' favor. Um, but here's the thing with that, right? Um, it, it seems like the Eagles in those games, it's quite clear that they they just shoot themselves in the foot. It hasn't been there hasn't been one game where you're like, wow, the other team is just outperforming the Eagles. I'm not sure if they can make adjustments, you know, to win the game. Uh, you know, the Eagles have just shut themselves in the, and every game that you felt like they were going to lose, it's been, it's been a 50, 50 effort. It's been 50% the Eagles shooting themselves in the foot and the other team doing what they need to do. I mean, the commanders controlled the clock, like I said, running the football and keeping the Eagles offense off the field. And for whatever reason, in that weather, like you mentioned, uh, Chicago cold is unlike any other. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it really ravels anything else, at least, you know, the conditions yesterday, I'm going to take Jalen's word where he said his hands were literally freezing. Um, for some reason, Steichen decided to come out, and I don't know if the Parsons comments got to his head. I'm not going to just blame Steichen entirely, but the entire offensive coaching staff, because we don't know what goes on. We don't know the entire uh, situation. We know Steichen calls plays, but everybody's involved, right? Uh, Jalen's out there, I'm sure, controlling it somewhat too. Uh, you know, they came out throwing the football against a Bears defense that was ranked 27th, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, I understand mm-hmm. you can't run the ball every single pe- play. You need you need to pass, and the Eagles' passing game has been great this season, right? A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown is, I believe, top five in receiving yards. Devontae Smith, which, by the way, congratulations to him, is on pace to finish with over 1,000 yards himself, too, right? Correct. Um Jalen made a couple questionable throws. Um, guess what? Every quarterback does that. Um, it was looking like he was finally going to have a, guess what, a bad game. Which, by the way, even when you look at Patrick Mahomes, who many believe is, it's between him and Jalen for MVP. It's quite clear it's between those two. You can argue whoever you want. Um, he's had several bad games. And Jalen hasn't had one yet. And he had a bad first half yesterday. I wouldn't even say a first half, though. He finished the first half strong, giving the Eagles a lead. He made a huge throw down the sideline. And guess what? He did that again in the fourth quarter of this game to A.J. Brown. 70 yards against the wind in the cold. Um, finished with over 300 passing yards. And and all signs are pointing towards not doing that, that not happening. You never would have guessed he was going to pass for over 300 yards after throwing two interceptions. He finishes with three rushing touchdowns, which, by the way, is equal to the same amount as three <laughs> passing touchdowns would be, guys. Just so we're clear. Unfortunately, when all you do is if if you're one of those people that just stuffs your nose in the in the stat book, you know, his passer rating, you're like, oh God, that's not an MVP. His passer rating was bad. You didn't watch the game. You just didn't yeah. watch it. Yeah, not ideal. The Jalen Hurts can probably thank his two leading pass catchers for 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 the way yesterday's game went. Of those three hundred and fifteen passing yards that you mentioned Jalen Hurts had, three hundred and seven of them were by Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. They do mm. miss Dallas Goddard a whole lot, so but that, that's probably evident there. Uh, Jalen Johnson, the the Chicago Bears cornerback, I don't know if you knew, Stephen, but I knew nothing about the guy heading into it, but he's a physical guy. He gave wow. A.J. Brown a, a, all he could handle. I was very impressed yeah. with, with Jalen Johnson. Uh, he gave him I'm going to be honest. Did you think there were some missed penalties, perhaps, or am I just nitpicking? Uh, I think the referees let them play. Yeah, there was. they yeah. were definitely handsy. They both were, though, and I, I, I respect Jalen Johnson for the way he played. Uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, the stats, obviously, A.J. Brown, 181 yards on nine catches. Uh, Jalen Johnson played him a lot better than those numbers would indicate. A.J. Brown just got loose there, especially for that 168-yarder at the end of the game where Jaquan Brisker caught up to him 
uh, mm. uh, before getting into the end zone. AJ Brown's good for like not making it into the end zone. He got uh, caught can in that pitcher game. That? Really quickly, I am not. You're right. I'm not excusing him for that. But um, again, this is these are things people don't consider, man. Because Jalen complained about his hand being freezing cold, right? Uh-huh. If you've ever like been outside in freezing cold weather and tried to do something physical, like play a sport, mm-hmm. perhaps like right. your muscles tend to tighten up. Is all I'm gonna say. I was actually outside on Saturday, uh, working out with my brother. We we're playing basketball, and let me tell you, my whole body was tight. Type. Yeah, no, nah, and like like we said, that Chicago cold is different. But nobody's faulting AJ Brown. It's just funny that he continuously gets caught from behind on mm. on these things and the running jokes. And he drops that, a few know. balls sometimes. Oh, I don't know what's yeah, up with that. Some of them hit him in the in the hand. AJ Brown sixteen targets yesterday. Sixteen targets, nine catches, hundred eighty one yards. AJ Brown those hundred eighty one. That's yards his career put, high, right? Oh, his career high, and he's now at a career high for for a season, 1,201 mm. yards on the year. He has now surpassed Terrell Owens for most wow. receiving yards in uh, in a player's first season as an Eagle. Terrell Owens had 1,200 yards on the button uh, back in 2004 during his first season as an Eagle. A.J. Brown surpassed wow. that. Devontae Smith's 126 receiving yards was the second highest total of the year to the Washington game. He eclipsed 100 yards for the second time in three games. And he is mm. now at 901 for the year. So just 99 yards away from wow. joining uh, A.J. Brown in that 1K club. Someone asked me yesterday, and uh, I haven't I haven't looked into it yet. I haven't pulled up the stat yet. But have the Eagles ever, and if so, when was the last time they had two 1,000-yard receivers? Have they ever done it? Did it ever happen during the Macklin-Deshaun era? Did they ever both have 1,000 yards? I don't, I don't, I don't recall. But if that is a, that is something I'm gonna have to uh, mm. look up. If you're listening to the show and you know that, guys, tag me somewhere uh, so I can see it because I haven't looked it up yet. But we are witnessing something special in Philadelphia. And Stephen, you said prior to the show, you told me that uh, you feel like maybe the fans are kind of taking this season for for granted as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Why is it that you that you feel that way? I just don't think people realize. So, like, I I hate to do this, but we just you brought it up, so we're gonna compare this duo. Well, I'm to just the, I'm just like, curious on why you think we're not taking it for granted because I love I love it I every week. I think some but. are. I don't think like I feel like even I am to a certain extent. Like, just think about how many great catches both individuals have made this year. Like, they're both like like just think about it. Like absurd. Like Devontae, Like two of those catches yesterday. That one fifty fifty ball, I don't know which I can't remember which corner was guarding him, but I don't know if you saw the threading was like stuck to his glove and he still caught the ball. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I remember. Like just absurd. Absolutely absurd. But um and he also had that crazy catch down the sideline to start the game too. But um really quickly to compare this duo to I guess we'll call it what, the early we'll say the twenty tens duo. Is that the timeline, right? Macklin and Deshaun, we would say twenty mm-hmm. tens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, both great players. I love both of them. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson is the best deep threat in NFL history, in my opinion. But the thing with this duo is these two can line up and play anywhere. You know what I mean? Like Devontae can beat you deep, beat you short, intermediate, contested. Uh, AJ Brown is the slant. He <clears throat> AJ Brown's the new slant guy, right? Can we just call him that? He's the new. Forget Michael Thomas or whoever. You know what I mean? AJ Brown can beat you anywhere on the field. Like. The combination of physical ability that both have, as well as skill, and just like the jump ball ability that the that both have, like is absurd. Like I would give them the nod, and you know I'm sure we'll research after this pod, like if you know that 2010s duo both eclipsed 1,000 yards ever. I'm not sure, um, but I just think this duo is just 
supreme compared to them. Like just talent wise. Like Devontae's in his second year, man. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like uh uh during the broadcast at one point, I think they said AJ Brown has the most receptions off slants this this season. So he might that's be why the I new said slant it. pool. Yeah, they might be the new the new uh But uh, that's slant not pool, just but... what he does though. Like he's exactly, beating everybody exactly, deep. Exactly. Everybody if, deep. If you put AJ Brown in the slot, I don't know one nickel corner in the league that can match up with them. Based on sh- on sheer physicality, I don't know. And now Devontae Smith is virtually unguardable out of the slot. He moves too mm-hmm. smooth. His route running is too pristine for nickel corners to keep up with him out of the slot. He generates separation too easily. And but you can move like you, like to your point, you can move these guys anywhere, and the, and they'll generate their separation. And it is it is truly um, unstoppable to try and contain the third receiver. Uh, I feel like Sirianni and Stike tried to get a little too cute with yesterday because Quez yeah. Watkins, I feel like, why was there so much Quez Watkins exposure? Uh, I think he had four catches for six yards and he had a couple yep. of carries. They tried to get that ball in his hands multiple times. I don't know if that's the way the game plan rolled out. And we'll talk about the game plan and why Miles Sanders didn't get a cat, didn't get a carry until about halfway through that, through that second quarter. So uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm fond of seeing Quez Watkins get that many touches. We were all screaming for him to be utilized more. I don't know if I want to see him this much in this fashion. I'm not, I'm not sure about all that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, it's easy to sit here and complain because, like, you know, he just, like, there was the execution was not there at all when Quez was touching the ball on, on those gadget plays, it seems, screen passes, uh, end arounds, all that stuff. Maybe that'll work in, like, a different environment. You know what I mean? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I don't know. I mean, I always thought Quez could do well in that role, um, especially mm-hmm. like mixing it up when, like when AJ and Devontae are eating so much. But I think the problem was they tried supplementing those Quez gadget plays in situations when they probably should have just handed the ball off to Miles Sanders instead of making Jalen carry it 17 times. Yeah, he Jalen got beat up quite, quite a bit. He looked like he was wincing towards the end of that game. Uh, as far as the snap counts are concerned, Quez Watkins played in 66% of the snaps. Miles Sanders played 40 snaps, 55%, and Gainwell had 29 snaps. Gainwell was in there for a, for a, for a lot of that game, 40% of the snaps, uh, almost sharing the ball equally there with, with Miles Sanders. I don't know if that's the way the uh, the game plan was, was was laid out. I'm not sure why Gainwell was, was the lead back in, in a lot of those uh, cases, but that was certainly something uh, interesting to watch as well. But but good showing by two of the Eagles' lead pass catchers. Uh, these guys are are becoming the the top wide receiver duo in the league. You know, not named Jalen Waddle and and Tyreek Hill. It's certainly exciting to watch, and we hope that continues. We hope Devontae Smith gets that thousand yard mark because he'd made note of it that that was one of his goals during his rookie year. He didn't get it. Looks like he's on pace to get it this year. Uh, flipping to the uh, defensive side of the ball. The Eagles defense is now on pace for for yet another record. We're setting records every single week. No team in NFL history has ever had four different players with 10-plus sacks each. And the Eagles are on the verge of becoming the first, Stephen. Mm. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, and Javon Hargrave each added two more sacks to their already impressive season totals. Uh, So Reddick is now at 12 for the year. Javon Hargrave is now at 10 for the year. Josh Sweat at 9.5. Brandon Graham at 8.5. Now, Brent, now, Hassan Reddick, man, I feel like he might be a sneaky candidate for defensive player of the year because mm. this man in his in his last couple of games has turned it up. Yesterday, two sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a tackle for loss, and one pass defended. So I wouldn't be shocked if we if we hear his name uh, once again for NFC Defensive Player of the Week. The Eagles now have 55 sacks through 14 games. That is the most through 14 games since the New Orleans Saints all the way back in 2000. 
Steven, it feels like we wow. have the uh, the Ministry of Defense. It's coming like these sacks and just like the way this defensive line is and 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 the way they can get pressure and the how deep they are. What can, can can what can what can slow this group down? I don't th- I don't foresee an offensive line ever getting in the way of these guys. And Hassan Reddick has just been playing like a man possessed these these last three or four weeks or so. Man, I I'm gonna be honest. Like I loved the signing at the time, but um, I like I don't think we expected him to be this good, did we? Like holy smokes! Now obviously, like they're benefiting. Everybody on that line is benefiting from each other. But like that's the beauty of it, right? Um. I, I thought heading into the season, um, I, I had a feeling we were going to have a good defensive line, but I didn't ant- anticipate it being this good. I thought Dallas, like when you when you look at Dallas, they have like the bigger names, but like 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 you just mentioned, the Eagles are, are doing it together as a team, and obviously Hassan Reddick is leading the charge, but like you know he he certainly has a lot of help alongside the way. Um, and, and that's why it's kind of like when you compare the Eagles' defensive line to Dallas's. It kind of it's like a bigger picture thing where it kind of represents the two teams compared. Like we're just simply deeper, and that's why I feel like that's why I believe we're a better football team. It's why we are the number one team in the NFL record wise, and I do believe, um, you know, just in like not even record wise, we are the best team in the NFL from top to bottom, just because of the depth. Like we just have so many guys contributing on both sides of the ball. Um, I don't know. Like I, that's just how I felt. Um, I, I wasn't trying to take away from Hassan Reddick, but um, I do remember in the off season though. I'm not sure if you remember, man, when we signed him, there was there were some saying perhaps we paid a little too much for him, and for a team like how soon have we forgotten? We always talk about the improvements Jalen Hurts has made. What were we last season in sacks? Were we dead last? Uh, third to last or second to last? We only had 29 last year. Mm. So. I would not call that an overpay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Do you remember there were some people questioning the big contract we gave Reddick? We were like, ah, oh, he's kind of, you know, he's getting a little bit up there yeah. in age. Uh, it wasn't. It know. wasn't more so the. It wasn't more so the contract. They were questioning like for that amount of money is Gannon going to use him the right way? Kind of kind of situation. Mm. Like if you're paying him that much money, you better be implementing him in the right kind of schemes. And for the first couple of games or so, it was looking like Gannon didn't know what to do with them. And now and now uh, Reddick has been thriving, leading the team with uh, with twelve sacks. So good to see on there. Uh, Steven, one more victory lap for you, because while we're talking about the defense, we do want to talk about the uh, the, the game changer that Justin Fields truly is. Uh, he mm. has eclipsed 1,000 yards on the season rushing now. He is just the third QB in NFL history to do that. Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson are the others. Uh, Justin Fields ran ran all up and down the place. That that one run he had on us might as well. I think he escaped Hassan Reddick. Uh, and that, that run might as well have been a touchdown run. They might as well just call it one anyway, regardless of stepping out because might have been the play scored. of the year, dude. Yeah, that that run is just is just is just wild to watch. We talked a little bit on the pregame pod about uh, what we see in Justin Fields and the potential, and if we like him as a prospect or not. If Chicago can do some things in the offseason and figure out, you know, Montgomery's a free agent mm-hmm. and uh, pair pair a good a good receiver with a, with Mooney, they did get Claypool, but they need that true alpha guy. To, to do some things for Justin Fields. If they can if they can get some pieces, boy, do they have a, a dynamic player under center to, to try and build this thing with. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just so clear to me, man. Like, the talent is there, and he's a gamer, dude. He was battling. Um, I, I will say this. 
and I understand what their record is. It's a, it's a developmental year for the Bears. Like there is no talent oh, for on that sure. offense. It's for all sure. Byron Justin Pringle Fields. was their leading receiver yesterday. I should tell you. <laughs> um, they remind me a lot like the Eagles last year. Like we obviously we we made the mm-hmm. postseason, but like we were a tough team to play. Like we were certainly. If you look a lot of the games, like we gave the Chiefs a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Um, several good teams last year. We gave you know a run for their money. Um, I'll say this: If the Bears, like you said, can give him a true number one wide receiver, improve that offensive line this offseason, uh, that Chicago would not be a fun place to travel and play in general. No. And if they can make some, like, if they can have, if they can make some postseason runs, get in the postseason over the next couple of years and build around Justin Fields, who I believe has a ton of potential, that's clearly there. That will not be a fun place to play and a team to play against. Uh, in the playoffs that's all I'm gonna say it'll be like I think the link is is damn near like that's not somewhere you want to travel and play to that's why locking up this number one seed is so key for the Eagles as you saw what it did for them you know in 2017 Chicago man like we saw that a couple years ago that that playoff game where you had to travel there with Nick Foles it took a double doink all these crazy things for you know Foles a crazy fourth down you know, conversion, like Mitch Trubisky was our quarterback for God's sake. You know what I mean? And that team mm. was like, that was an intimidating environment to play in, you know? So that's all I'm saying. Yeah. That, uh, that double doink, by the way, came full circle. That karma with the doink on Jake Elliott that's, yesterday. Yep, so, that's exactly so what I said. Things don't ever, uh, that was don't loud, ever go wasn't away. It? And it was that a loud cold, doink That too. frozen football <laughs> hitting off that frozen goal post. Like <laughs> if that doesn't show you right there, how many times have you seen a field goal kick, like hit the post and you don't hear the audio on a broadcast? Mm-hmm. The reason it was so loud in that game is because the football was cold and heavy, and that goalpost was frozen. So you know, Jalen wasn't lying like about the, uh, you know, the frozen climate hands there. and all that. Yeah, heavy. even in the hand warmer, man, those hand warmers are probably frozen, uh, frozen in that. Justin thing, Fields yeah. is a perfect quarterback uh, for that city too. For that, like him running the football is perfect in that weather in the postseason yeah. and stuff like that. Tight yeah, football don't have games. To throw it. Don't have to throw out a whole lot. Justin Fields surely gave the Eagles a taste of their own medicine. This defense is nice. So this is what it's like to chase around Jalen Hurts all the time because Justin Fields surely mm. uh, uh, had them chasing chasing after him for much of that game. So just wanted to show, show respect to, uh, to to Justin Fields and what he did. He did all he could for yeah, he the was Eagles awesome. uh, yesterday. You know, you just there's not much you can do when Byron Pringle is your leading wide receiver. Yeah, and so people will nitpick his – like he missed some throws. Like people will nitpick. They did it with Jalen last year. It's just like mm-hmm. – just kind of lame to me. I think yeah. it's lame. Like, let's see how he does when they give him some legitimate help and has an offseason to work, you know? Right, right. So I, I want to talk about uh, Miles Sanders real quick because Miles Sanders only carried the ball three times in the first half yesterday. He, uh, one week after eclipsing 1,000 yards on the year, you figure Miles is about to be this bell cow. He's about to be, uh, you know, they're about to lean on him for 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 the duration of this season into the postseason. He ended with just 11 carries while Hertz carried the ball to your point Steve and you mentioned it earlier 17 times. Uh I'm not the biggest fan of watching my MVP caliber quarterback run the ball 17 times and get clobbered uh, uh the way he does. Why do you think the Eagles kind of went away from Miles Sanders? Do you think there was any indication that well he also had the fumble um so but it was his first of the year. I don't think that was a reason to to take him out of the game plan. Uh, but why do you think they kind of went away from my, from Miles Sanders in this game? I honestly have no clue, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. A part of me wonders if they were just trying to catch the Bears off guard because it was like an obvious scenario for the Eagles to just come out and run the football. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- we run the, the RPO system here, and obviously Jalen like kept it himself and ran a couple of times, but he definitely, like 17 times is not ideal, man. So 
So uh, I just yeah. hope that they uh, stray away from that the last couple of weeks here. One part, uh, one point that I almost almost forgot to mention in this game. I don't know if you caught it, and it's on brand for for an Indomitian Sue. Uh, did he like punch Justin Fields in like the uh, helmet yesterday? Yeah, but, like slapped him so upside stupid. the head. Why did he do that? So now the uh, the Bears are apparently going to contact the NFL about that and and mm. ask like, hey, what the heck is happening? It didn't shock me though because it didn't Sue like stomp on like Aaron Rodgers' ankle or or something like back in the day when he was on the Lions. Um, so yeah, don't want don't want uh, you know dirty plays to happen. So if, Sue, if you can refrain from punching people in the side of the head. Uh, that would be that would be much uh, much uh, appreciated. Uh, we we Stevens we a guy that we slander pretty often on the show, especially since the injury of C.J. Gardner Johnson was Kayvon Wallace. Uh, but I think he held his own yesterday. Led the team in tackles with seven tackles, and he took some good angles in pursuit of of Justin Fields, especially on that uh, on that first series that kept him from getting a first down. So for a guy that we've been giving a lot of giving a lot of grief to, a guy that we say probably shouldn't be on the field, a guy that shouldn't have made this roster. After a guy that shouldn't have made this roster after training camp, uh, he stepped in yesterday when the team only had two healthy safeties active because they didn't call out Anthony Harris. It was just Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace, and they moved uh, Maddox around a lot uh, as well. I was impressed with what I saw from from Kayvon Wallace. I appreciate that he stepped up in that moment. Yeah, I mean, um, certainly not something you would hope, you know, lasts too long. Um, like, he just, like, we'll take it, obviously. It's something that you'll just take, but I don't expect that to continue. Um I think they moved Devontae Maddox around. Did you notice that? I think mm-hmm. they might which oh, you know, remember Jim Schwartz played that dude at safety? I mean, he certainly has his skill set. Um I think people are um under under uh rating the fact that Devontae Maddox is back for this team. It's certainly helping. I thought he made a couple of nice plays yesterday. Um uh really quickly, I don't want to do this. Well, first of all, James Bradbury, I thought had an, I thought he played well, but really quickly, um, I hope this doesn't get taken the wrong way because he's probably a top five corner in the NFL. But uh, I don't know. I feel like lately Darius Slay has kind of had some uh, lapses as of late. I don't know, man. Like that one touchdown we gave up. I'm not sure what exactly he was doing there. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not saying he's been playing bad or anything. I'm just kind of pointing out what I'm seeing. Um, I saw he took to Twitter yesterday and said like basically. Something about people don't understand the game or whatever. Like I'm, I dude, well, you're a top a five why corner. He, I'm just saying. There's a like, reason why I said that though. What happened? Do you know what? Do you know why I said this? So some like some some chick on Twitter like nah. uh like indirectly like added like his wife Jen Slay. Like she was like Jennifer, Uh-oh. come get your husband or something. So then Jen Slay quoted it and was like, "Who even are you?" or whatever. So I'm assuming like you know Darius Slay found out about that and then that's why he said that. Um, so it was just fans like, you know, doing whatever on, on Twitter. And then, and then his wife saw it and said something. And then I assume she told Darius or Darius saw it. And then that's why he said that. So, yeah, but, but mind you, like elite corners are allowed to have bad plays. And oh, this is yeah, coming from yeah, a guy, I, you know, this is coming just... from a guy who drags Trayvon Diggs at any, at any opportunity correct, that I can, correct. because it's funny. So, yeah. so about, but back corners are allowed to have, are allowed to mess up on plays. I haven't seen like the all 22 film of what happened on that Byron Pringle touchdown, I think is what it was. Um, but uh, uh, I'm sure that there was a miscommunication because Epps looks upset too. I guess there was a yeah, miscommunication and perhaps, like, between those two. It's probably not even Slay's fault. Like maybe just having a safety and inexperienced safety in there is what caused it. You know, it is what right, it is. Right. So something, so 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 something happened. So uh, to 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 round this out, to come back onto the topic of uh of, of Jalen Hurts, when he was talking about his numbed hands and and not having vision, he said. Um, when I asked him after the game about the weather, he said, I was trying to find my groove with it. My hands were numb early on, didn't have great vision on the field. I ended up throwing two interceptions 
and it hurt the team. But I think we responded the way we were supposed to. I think we persevered. I think we found a way, and that's uh, that's the least you can ask for. But the thing about that is that when he threw those two picks, did Halen, did Jalen Hurts show any sign of panic? Of course not. Did he show any sign of, oh, my goodness, I'm losing. I'm losing grip on this game. It's going to be a tough game. Jalen Hurts comes back in with a quick memory, and his teammates followed suit. Yeah. Jalen Hurts you know also what I liked said, about it, man? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, his last quote was, uh, I want those guys to look me in the eyes and know there's not a doubt. Uh, mm. And to know that with the preparation we put in together that we'll find a way, I want them to have that trust in me. Uh, so I'll go ahead with your, with your point. Actually, I'm going to add to what you just said then. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend like the rest of the – because I, I, I am done doing this in sports. I'll just say that. We're Philadelphia sports fans here. I'm done like – going too much out of my way to pound the table for an athlete here to win the and win an MVP award. Um obviously Jalen like, you know, part of winning MVP is stats and Jalen's stats are phenomenal. But like I'm a narrative guy. I think the award has to be narrative driven and like this team goes as Jalen Hurts goes. Mm-hmm. And I, I said earlier he was it was looking like he was going to play his first bad game of the season. His first bad game of the season, right? Mm-hmm. He, it was just a bad quarter and a half of football, and he turned it around and won this team the game because the game plan, like I said earlier, for whatever reason, was to throw the football. And the thing I liked about it is instead of coming out and saying, ah, Jalen threw a couple interceptions, let's get, you know, let's just, let's just give Miles the foot, let's just run the football, right? They said, no, Jalen. We are going to go out there and, and fix this and correct the passing game in those circumstances. And he went out there and just slang that thing. You know what I mean? He slang it all over the field, uh, primarily to, to his, his two best, uh, you know, receivers. Was his only options. It was his only options um, without Dallas yeah. Goddard. I mean, what is he? What is he supposed to do? Um, and like you know, his his response to that is exactly why I believe he's the MVP. This team comes and goes as he does, and he ran the ball too. He had that twenty two. Yard touchdown, a couple goal line carries. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just look at this entire season with him. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to like do this thing for some reason with him, but we don't. We haven't done it with Mahomes or really any other quarterback when it comes to winning the MVP award or the team success. They always like to uh, bring up the fact that he has AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, blah blah blah. Good defense, good offensive line, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, when Mahomes was winning the MVP and getting in the Super Bowl, he had the arguable best wide receiver in the league, the best coach in the NFL and Andy Reid, and the best tight end in the league. So, like, you know... Best tight end of all time, arguably. And, correct. I agree with that. And, um, you know, people are bringing up the fact that, like, Hurts benefits from the system and all this stuff. Um, but here's the thing. Like, you look at this, this season, so they are... We are, what, 13-1 and one now. It's been 14 games. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, 14 games. He and this team has just won in so many different ways. It's not like it's every single game this team is running the ball 25 plus times to like set up Jalen passing the ball to make it easier where you can you can point that out like to Daniel Jones, for example, that system. They need to give Saquon Barkley the ball 30 times or else Daniel Jones is going to cost them the game. And he still finds a way to damn near cost them the game when they establish (laughs) the run. So it's like. Jalen went in the cold tundra. It might have it might as well have been Russia in December, <laughs> yeah. like just icicles on the field. You know what I mean? <laughs> like everything was pointing towards just handing the ball off and running it. Go I formation for God's sake and run the ball. Let Grant Calcaterra play fullback. I don't know. Hand the ball off to Mylotta, and they said, "Nope, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw it down the field." 
and he went out and won the team the goddamn game. So, like, what are we talking about anymore? Yeah, the stats don't tell the whole story. Hurts, like you can tell from watching yesterday's game, that Hurts willed his team to victory. And then Chris yes. Sims will say, you could put Gardner Minshew in here, and you could do You think Gardner Minshew's running for 22 yards? You think Gardner Minshew was doing this? On third and eight, pressure coming out of the secondary. Hurts saw it and took off. Nope. End zone ahead. Touchdown. 22 yards. He straight up sliced them. Minshew ain't doing that. I'm telling y'all, it's literally like Hertz accounted for 376 total yards yesterday, 315 mm. passing, 61 rushing, 61 rushing. Of course, like you mentioned, a lot of that had to do uh, uh, with the cold. And he took a beating like you could tell he was wincing at the end of it. He was cold. He was hurt. He was tired. <laughs> he, but he, he refused to lose. Throws too, Just gutsy man. throws. Gutsy throws. His 35 total touchdowns this season ties Randall Cunningham all the way back in 1990 for the Eagles single season record for most touchdowns in a season i expect mm. he's going to break that record and now at 13 and 1 hertz is the youngest quarterback ever in nfl history to start 13 and 1 i remember i put out the stat that he was tied no that he was second youngest to start 12 and 1 all the way back uh, uh dan marino was the only other youngest and everybody was like oh big ben didn't he go 12 and 0 didn't big ben do this big ben didn't start that year Tommy Maddox started. He got hurt in week two, and then Big Ben came in. The stat applies to people who started the whole year. So, Steelers fans, get off my back. Mm. Get off my back. So, this is where we're at. The Eagles are 13-1. They got Dallas coming up. They win that game. They clinch the NFC East title as well as the first round bye. And for shits and giggles, one last time. Third and four. Blitz coming. Prescott throws backwards. And intercepted. <laughs> Jenkins has another one. Racing down Dude. the sidelines. Rachel Bruh. Jenkins is going to win it. Bruh. Never gets old. I'm just gonna watch it all. I'm just gonna watch it all. Uh, like throwing so, a pick like, six. Like obviously dude. that play may not have like 100 percent have been Dak Prescott's fault. No, of course not. Of course not. But, no but here's hands. the thing, man. He leads the NFL in interceptions thrown since week seven. So he's a part of the issue. He is the issue actually with Dallas. Like Certainly they find themselves in games and and people clown um uh. Skip Bayless or whatever, right? For for not maybe backing Dak Prescott, he actually tends to side with like Cooper Rush a lot. He points out how Cooper Rush could potentially win some of these games because he doesn't put them in harm's way, put Dallas in harm's way, right? Um, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of funny that Micah Parsons made those system comments like a week ago that Jalen benefits from the system. Nobody, I don't think, benefits more than Dak Prescott since his rookie year. He played behind the best offensive line in football. Had has always had two great wide receivers on every team he's been on. And I know they got rid of Amari Cooper, but look, CeeDee Lamb's a great wide receiver. Michael Gallup, we can all agree, is a pretty good wide receiver. They still have a pretty they have a solid offensive line. It's one of the better ones in the league. Tony mm-hmm. Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott now. Like right. come on. Come on. First of all, how much help does Dak need? Because they got they got rid of Amari Cooper, obviously, because the because the money they didn't want to pay him twenty million a year, which doesn't look too bad now for the way receivers are getting paid. They get rid of one receiver. They have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup still to your point. And what are they doing now? They sign old ass T.Y. Hilton, and they're still trying to get Odell Beckham. So this proves to you that maybe we need everything we can get for Dak and to keep up with the Eagles. And and one final thing before we wrap this up for those of you you losers, you cowards out there who are saying, oh, we gotta. No, we got to we got to sit our starters next week because we don't know if we're going to play Dallas in the playoffs and it's hard to beat a team three teams in one year. We don't want to show Dallas anything. We should just come out and beat beat down on the Saints and just beat them since we hold their first round pick. I don't care about none of that. 
Stomp on first of all these these is the same team that that boasted and gloated and bragged about beating down on the third string starters last year, dropping fifty something points mm. on the third string starters. And you have Micah running his mouth. His comments are still fresh. Demarcus Lawrence still said what he said earlier in the year. I'm gonna stomp on their throats. I want. I'm tired of this. Jalen can't be Dak, and Jalen did this, and and Dak owns Jalen. I'm tired of it all. I'm tired of it. Come out, stomp on their throats, end their hopes, clinch the first round by. You can well, still play the say, starters. Are we one win away from clinching. Or one went away, yeah. But they're, so but they're like, saying, why not like, just take they're, care they're, of business saying, now? Yeah, they're saying, like, sit them in case we see, see Dallas in the playoffs and then just come out and demolish the Saints since we own their first-round pick anyway. Um, you can still do all that, play the starters for, like, the first half of the Saints game if it gets out of hand and whatever. Um, but I'm pretty sure the backups can handle the New Orleans Saints. It's not that big a deal. Um, if you, my, my, my point is, if you're scared of Dallas Cowboys, if you're scared of seeing them potentially three times and you're scared of a potential postseason matchup, get a dog. Get a dog. We ain't scared over dogs. here. You, you got two dogs, so you must be hella scared. Over there. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to hear none of that. Stomp on their throats. Rip their hearts out next week. I'm. I'm. I'm not doing this. I don't want to hear any of that. Don't want to hear it. None of it. Well, also, like I haven't. I don't know off the top of my head what it looks like, but um, this is still a big game for Dallas. Like you know, they're gonna treat this huge. You know they are. They're coming off of a demoralizing loss. Like this is a huge game for them. And obviously, well, you they have to. Need... They have to still win games. Yeah. Yeah. They like still have so, to win games for seeding, like, so. here's the thing: if we do beat them, you know how demoralized that franchise is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Like we could be in charge. Obviously, shout out to Doug Peterson. Um, I, I, I got content coming out about Doug Peterson and the Jaguars later today, but that doesn't for you the know, boys. I won't for touch anymore on that. Doug Peterson Rick's for the boys. Prescott throws backwards and intercepted. <laughs> Jenkins has <laughs> another one. Reaching down the sidelines. Let me just tell you. It's gonna win it. Let me just tell you. This was the most hilarious into a game that I've seen. You were telling oh, yeah. me before before the show that you ca- I died of hysterical laughter when this happened. This is just like like just just typical Cowboys December collapse. Like it's just they are choking, flat out choking, and it's coming early this year. It's just you can't can't you can't can't write it any better than this. Your Philadelphia Eagles guys are thirteen to one atop the NFC. Like we've said numerous times to this one point, went away went from away. a franchise record. One went away. One went away. The last time they started thirteen and one was two thousand and four. They 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 went thirteen and three that year. They sat uh, the remainder. Of the starters, so this could be fourteen to one for the first time in team history. I'll have to fact check that, but and yeah, I don't want to hear you know they're only doing it when the NFL added another game to the schedule because yeah, that's yeah, bullshit. Because we're about care. to take. Well, we will see. We will see. We have a couple weeks to okay. you know, whatever. Hey, the whole NFC East is about to be in the playoffs, though. That's, mm. that's another. That's another wild thing that this whole uh, revised uh, playoff thing did for us. Hey, but I'm not complaining because if it wasn't for that revised uh, format, the Eagles don't make it last year. Jalen Hurts doesn't get that playoff experience. Mm. He doesn't suffer that 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 heartbreaking loss uh, last year to Tampa Bay, and then maybe maybe he doesn't approach. Uh, really way. quickly, you know how we do this whole thing here on the, the Eagles did it. Uh, you know, AJ Brown, what is he? Strong Batman? What is he? Strong Batman and Devontae? Swole Batman. Swole, swole Batman. Bat, whatever. Swole Batman, skinny Batman. Jalen Hurts is Batman. He's, He's the Batman. Oh. He's the Dark Knight. Oh. You want to know why? Okay. I like how you brought up that Bucks game. The Bucks game was Bane. Remember when Bane broke Batman's back? He needed to be broken. Yeah. And that's what happened to Jalen. His, ba- his back was broken, just like <laughs> Batman's in the movie. And it made him mm-hmm. different. He, he escaped. Uh, you know, you've seen the movie. He escaped. He put the work in in the offseason, and now here he is. Batman mm-hmm, saved sure Gotham did. from being nuked. Jalen saved his career, and he hey, saved the city you, of Philadelphia. If you, ask, 
if you ask Micah Parsons and Chris Sims, that summer, that summer, uh, uh, rev- the the summer revisions to his game mean nothing. It's the system. It's the system. We got systems. Chris Sims was an awful quarterback, and he's an even worse analyst. Don't buy yep. anything he says or give him any attention, and people. If you want to know how bad Chris Sims was, I have a clip up on my Instagram of him trying to spit out a play call back on his, during his days yeah, of Tampa Bay Bucks. How cringe can you get? So go watch that if you really want insight into how Chris Sims was as a football player. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Philly Pod as we uh, celebrate yet another victory Monday following their defeat of the Chicago Bears. We look forward to uh, previewing Dallas week. While the, there was some juice sucked out of it, it's still Dallas week, and I still want to stomp on their throats, and I want to end all the hopes of all you sour-ass Dallas fans out there that have been saying, Jalen can't beat Dak. Please just go and do it. I cannot I mm. cannot wait. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at the Philly Pod. Do the same on Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Steven, where can the people find you and all your content? You got that Doug Peterson video coming up. Where can the people check that out? Yes, sir. That is the uh, <clears throat> the Liberty Line YouTube channel. Uh, our general sports coverage is on there. Obviously, um, you know, I, you guys are all Eagles fans uh, tuning in, obviously, here to the Philly Pod, but I... Th- can't stress it enough, just like Vic does. Uh, check out our larger umbrella, which is the LibertyLine.com. We're doing a lot of great things. Um, support us, obviously. Daily content, all that great stuff. Thanks for that. We're here for you. Plug. We we we're here for you, Thanks. people. We're here for you. You know, um, I don't think I I don't think we say this enough. I'm not here trying to like toot our own horns or whatever, but um, you know, in this world we live in with the internet and social media, TikTok and all this stuff, I think there's a lot of garbage out there. And uh, mm-hmm. we just provide our we provide we we pride ourselves here at the Liberty Line on providing the absolute best content we can for you people. You know what I mean? Yes. The best fans in the world. Good plug. Good plug. Yes. LibertyLine.com covers all five Phillies, major Philadelphia sports from the Flyers to the Sixers to the Phillies to your Philadelphia Eagles to the Union. Be sure to go ahead and check and everything that out in between, one last right? time. Everything in between and one. Oh yes, yes including Trayvon Diggs slander. And one last time before we get out of here. Third and four. Blitz coming. Prescott throws back. Dak, you loser. Intercepted. Jenkins you loser. One, racing down the sideline. Richard Jenkins oh, is going to win. Oh, it's rich. Never gets old. Never gets old. My God. Thank you guys for checking it out. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out from the Philly Pod. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Viator.